You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into a Tuesday edition of the podcast. Hope you all are doing great out there. Plenty to get to ahead on Locked On Cougars. We'll have an exclusive one-on-one conversation with BYU offensive line coach Daryl Funk. Who is standing out at offensive line? He explains there's a surprise name you'll want to pay attention to. We also continue our look back at BYU football history, talking about 2014, one of those great what-if seasons in BYU history. And did an Arizona football player guarantee a Wildcat win a week from Saturday? We'll let you hear that as well ahead on today's show. Today's podcast is brought to you by our friends over the Locked On NFL channel. The NFL season is about to begin and nobody's going to cover it like the Locked On Podcast Network. Beginning next week on August 30th and continuing through September 8th, Locked On's ultimate season preview is taking you through every team and every division with the help of Odyssey's lineup of NFL experts. Follow the ultimate season preview 2021 feed on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast to tune in beginning next week. All right, without further ado, though, let's get going here on a Tuesday. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for August 24th, 2021. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah, as the executive producer of DJ and PK in the morning. And a huge thank you once again for joining us here on your daily podcast focused on all things BYU. A lot to get to ahead on today's show, but a quick reminder for you guys, make sure to hit that follow button wherever you might be listening in from. This podcast is free and available on all platforms. This is not an exclusive deal with a certain podcast provider. We are available everywhere. And by the way, there's some word out there that we may be moving to YouTube as an extended uh, addition to the BYU fan base. Those of you who like to use YouTube, stay tuned. At some point in the relatively near future, I might be branching out and doing some video podcasting. So we'll see how that goes. But a big thank you all the same for your guys' support of the podcast. Another reminder for you guys, if you guys like to be entered to win tickets to watch BYU and Utah square off, you can do so by letting us know why you think you're deserving of being in the stadium there at Lavelle Edwards Stadium on September 11th. You can send an email to LockedOnBYU at gmail.com or you can reach out via social media. Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. The podcast is, can be found at Locked On Cougars. You also can follow me on Twitter, my personal Twitter feed, at Jacob C. Hatch. My DMs are open. The DMs at uh, Locked On Cougars are also open. Send in your request or your reasoning as to why you should win those tickets, and we will pick that winner a week from yesterday. So next Monday, August 30th, we will announce who wins those tickets to watch BYU and Utah square off at LES. All right, getting going here on a Tuesday edition of the show. Heard a little interesting piece of audio yesterday afternoon that I missed over the weekend. And, well, it's not super juicy, but it's juicy all the same. We're going to talk about it. This comes by way of University of Arizona linebacker Anthony Pandy. Great last name, by the way, Pandy. Hopefully his nickname is like the Panda Bear or something like that. But he's a pretty good player. I remember uh, tracking him in the recruiting realm. He is playing at the University of Arizona now. Well, he was asked a very interesting question about the matchup with BYU a week from Saturday night. Reminder for you guys, this is from this past Saturday night. 
So here you go, Anthony Pandy with the local media down there in Tucson. When you take the field two weeks from now against BYU, what what can Arizona fans expect to see out a there win. from this team? A win against BYU, first game, Raider Stadium. Start the season off right, get the energy up, come back, got a nice game. BYU is going to be physical, so right? I mean, that's their that's their mm-hmm. style. Are you looking forward to that? You think you're ready love, for that? I love toughness. I love physical people, and we're going to bring the energy. We're going to bring the pressure. They're going to feel us, especially on defense. Thank you to Tucson.com and reporter Justin Spears for that audio. It comes by way of a video that they recorded Saturday night after the scrimmage for the Wildcats down there in Tucson. And Anthony Pandy sure sounds like he's guaranteeing a victory for the Wildcats over BYU. Now, I would caution Anthony Pandy to check himself a little bit because this is a team, as we have mentioned multiple times, it's very much in rebuilding mode. Jed Fish will be coaching his first game as head coach of the Wildcats. We have not heard on who their starting quarterback is going to be. According to reports, that announcement is supposed to come today at some point, so we'll react to that tomorrow on the podcast. On a Wednesday edition, you'll hear more about that. But Anthony Pandy, he's pretty confident in his ability and his teammates' ability as they get ready to face off against BYU, it's not as if they're coming off a you know seventy to seven loss to Arizona State or anything last season. But you know we'll let him believe what he believes, and we'll have some fun a week from Saturday night when these two teams square off. I still firmly believe that BYU is going to win this game. That's just me, but Anthony Pandy, I'm glad you have that confidence in your abilities. All right, coming up next, though, we'll have an exclusive one-on-one conversation with Daryl Funk, BYU's offensive line coach. Had a great chance to catch up with him his second time on the podcast, if I recall correctly, talking about how fall camp is going for his guys. We'll talk about all of that in just a moment. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Sweatblock. Folks, every one of us have been in a situation where we have pitted out and sweated through our shirt. I don't care what the situation might have been. You had an embarrassing moment at the office. You had a massive presentation in front of your new boss. You had a first date that you were super, super jacked for. We've all been there. That's where Sweatblock wants to take a lot of the concern in that realm out of it because it is a prescription strength antiperspirant that is guaranteed to keep you dry for up to seven days. It's doctor created, doctor recommended, and they feature what they call their dry shirt guarantee. If Sweatblock doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. I know that many of you out there, like I mentioned, can relate to this situation or you know somebody who has this situation that it occurs on a regular basis. It's embarrassing. Plain and simple. It is an embarrassing situation to find yourself in. Well, I want you guys to check out Sweatblock. I tried it. I can attest that it keeps you dry for multiple days in a row. I believe I applied it on Saturday night. You do this right after you shower. You apply it at night. You wake up the next day, wash it off, and it lasts for up to seven days. I got to tell you, folks, I am, I believe, so three or four days in, and I am still dry as a bone. So check it out, guys. It's absolutely incredible. You can go to sweatblock.com and save 20% off by using the promo code Locked On. Once again, it's sweatblock.com. They're also available on Amazon. I've been a bestseller on there for over 10 years. 13,000 Amazon reviews should show you how many people have tried this and apparently enjoy it. And also, you can get it on your local shelves at your local CVS uh, pharmacy. So Multiple ways to get it, but if you want to save 20%, you got to go online. Sweatblock.com, promo code Locked On. Give it a shot, guys. That's Sweatblock, a proud partner with us here on Locked On Cougars. Need to take a minute today and talk to you about our friends over at Rock Auto. 
Folks, it has been a really rough year at the Hatch household in terms of the vehicles that we own. We've had to fix them multiple times. I can attest that Rock Auto has been a big time help in terms of taking care of the cars I have and saving money while doing it. That's what Rock Auto wants to do. They want to save you time and money when using their resource. Why would you choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% markup for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership when you can go to rockauto.com and get the same parts and get them delivered directly to your door? For an example, a Honda Odyssey fuel pump is $353 from a chain store, just $216 from Rock Auto. A significant savings, guys. It's a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years online. All of their prices are reliably low for every customer. And the best part is their website incredibly easy to use. You search out your vehicle. In my case, I have a Chevrolet Cruze. I search out the year, the make, etc. And every part that fits that vehicle pops up and you select what you want, place the order, and it ships directly to you guys. So go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Make sure you write Locked On or Locked On Cougars in the How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you to check them out. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car, truck, or SUV will ever need. Check them out now at rockauto.com. Joined now by BYU offensive line coach Daryl Funk back on the Locked On Cougars podcast. And Coach Funk, how are you, sir? Great, great. How are you today? I'm not too bad. Thanks for taking some time first off, but wanted to kind of get your assessment as we are, I'd say the midway point of fall camp. Obviously, you guys are looking forward to the season, but how are things going so far in your opinion? You know, they're going well. Um, Kids are working hard and we're, uh, you know, we're still in the mode where we're mixing and matching different lineups and guys playing cross positions and doing some learning that way. But we've got, uh, you know, we've come a long way and and, and building building depth, which is obviously, you know, what you always want to do every year, but we definitely need to do that this year. And kids have responded. They've, they've bought in. And, you know, we take the field. These kids go hard and play hard, and they're into it. So uh, things are, are going well. Wanted to ask about some individual players here, and we'll start off with your senior center and James Empey. Obviously, you came in. He he has been at BYU for a, for a while now, but – how has he improved in the time that you've been at BYU? Is there any specific area? Well, you know, every player's got their laundry list, uh, you know, in terms of things they want to improve in the off season or spring ball and ultimately fall camp. And James is no different. And he's, uh, he obviously has a grasp on, on what we're doing and all that stuff. But, uh, but there are some things and he, he had a list to me in the spring. Hey, I want to do this. I want to do this. And we've worked on that. He's, he's improved because he's one of those kids that, even though he's played a lot of football, started a lot of games, all that stuff, uh, he knows he needs to get better at some things. And he's got uh, – so he's he's worked at it. I'm happy with James. You know, you kind of just count on the, the leadership and him knowing what to do. But but also, he, he knows he's not perfect. And, you know, he's been corrected on some things. And, you know, uh, you know call out guys, so to speak. But at times, I mean, just because he started 36, 37 games, whatever it is, you know, he's got a minus cost us to play. It's right there for everyone to see, and we all learn from it. So he's been great. I'm really, I'm really happy with his progress. Clark Barrington kind of steps into a little bit of a leadership role on this team. He was kind of the young guy on that offensive line for the past two years. What have you seen from him? Is he still sticking at left guard, it looks like? Yeah, yeah, that's where he's been playing mostly. And, you know, Clark, uh, again, um, just a, a great kid, um, knows what he needs to improve on, very into the game, very tough kid, uh, loves to play. And, and he's, uh, you know, he's working on taking a step forward on some things because, 
Um, you know, and, and, and we sprinkle in, you know, when we watch tape different things, obviously watching practice tape, but we, we look at stuff uh, from last year, from spring, different things, just to make sure we're making our points. And, you know, Clark, Clark has, a, has some things to work on just like anyone, but he may be as tough a kid as we have uh, up front, and, and, and he, he leads by that standpoint, too. If I left him in every play of, uh, of uh, you know, practice and never took him out, he, he wouldn't even say anything. He'd just keep going, and I'm just really excited about uh, working with him. He has a younger brother, Campbell. How has Campbell looked so far? Campbell's uh, super versatile, can play really any position on the front, which, uh, you know, is really helpful for me. Sometimes it's a it's a curse for a player because he's got to go here, got to go there, but sometimes you need that. But he is probably uh, from day one, maybe made the most strides. And he's, uh, he's, I'm really excited about him. So as we get closer to game time and different things, um, he will he will focus more on where he's going to play and what his role will be, and he'll be even better. But he's another one, and then this must run in the family, the Barrington family. These guys love to play. They're focused on football. When they're out there, they're thinking of nothing else, and they're tough, and they go hard. So uh, uh, really a lot of – shares a lot of the traits of his brother, but really, really happy with, with how he's progressed. Wanted to ask about a pair of tackles, Harris Lachance, as well as Blake Freeland. I think most people envision they'll be your left and right tackles when you take the field against excuse me, when you take the field against Arizona. What have they shown you so far in camp? You know, collectively they've just been so consistent. They're just so trustworthy. You really don't worry, you know, about anything, uh, whether it's assignments or, or things breaking down, because they're just so steady. Now, now, individually, they're, 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 you know, different. Every kid's a different kid, but they, they've got different ways that they go about their business and different things. But, yeah, they both had great camps. They've both been steady. Um, they're both, uh, you know, what I noticed, too, and it's not just them, but they're both really good at this. These, these kids uh, are really good about helping the younger kids, um, you know, even immediately right after a play or something. I mean, I can't coach five guys at once, and I hear, I hear Harris, I hear Blake, helping the young tackles, making little points, reinforcing coaching points. So they're like coaches on the field as well. But uh, I think, uh, you know, by the time we get get going, I think both those guys will be uh, ready to go. They've still got a few things they're working on, but they're, they're solid. They've been doing a great job as well. Obviously, there's a question mark behind them, I think, in most people's eyes about the depth of the tackle position. Are you feeling like you're going to have adequate depth at either left or right tackle, or you feel like there's enough guys behind them? We always worry about that and and, uh, and everything, but you know, I've already talked about Campbell. He's played a lot of tackle mm-hmm. in camp, and he's very steady, grades out very high out there. He can play out there. Braden Keim, who's got bigger and stronger, and he's another one you guys you know haven't really seen much yet of but he's been very solid. So both both Braden and Campbell as tackles have stepped up uh, and uh, and they've they've improved light years over spring. You know they had a great summer. Their strength coaches and you can just see it in their game and they're learning it better. So 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 that helps. And then we have some other guys that that could come from the inside and work their way out there. I mean. Clark easily could be uh, outside a tackle if we needed him to, and you know down the line depth and and Connor Pay as well. He's played everywhere uh, on the line. So, uh, but I'm really happy, obviously, with the two starters, and then and then uh, Braden and Campbell uh, really give us uh, give us some guys that we have a lot of confidence in as well. 
How much of a rotation, how deep of a rotation do you like to have as an offensive line coach? Do you want to go 10 deep, 8 deep? What do you envision? Well, I've never been a big rotation guy unless it was dead even. And uh, it might be a little bit old school, but it's kind of comes down to two facts. One, most lines like to, like to play together because they know exactly what you know guys are doing. And everyone does a little you know combo box, different things. You switch guys, it's just a little bit different. Um, so, um, so you know, that's part of it, but the other part of it, you know, just kind of makes sense to me. You know, you, if you rotate, let's say you rotate at, at a tackle position, let's say that's what you do. And, a, and one of the tackles uh, has an issue or there's a scheme or some new different wrinkle and you go over to the sideline. Then the next time the other tackles in hadn't seen it live and he might get beat about, you know, the same way about it. And, and, and uh, I worry about that because linemen are, but most linemen that are really into it and, and football smart and everything, you beat them once with someone, something, you, you have a hard time beating them again, and, and that's the problem. But all that being said, if I have six guys that are game ready, seven guys that are game ready, eight guys, I will try to find spots. I don't, I've never randomly put guys in uh, just, to, just to randomly do it. There's got to kind of be a reason. So uh, that remains to be seen as far as how we'll do that. Who is in contention to that right guard spot currently? Well, um, we've had we've had three guys that have played a lot of reps there. Okay, obviously uh, Joe Tugafo is is played a lot. Of, you know, he's played a lot. He's played on center, but he's he's had a lot of reps at guard. Connor Pay uh, also is at a starter level, just like Joe uh, at that right guard position. We haven't settled there, and and the other one I mentioned, Campbell Barrington, put himself front and center uh, to be right with those guys uh, with his play the last week, week and a half. So, um, so that's, that, those are the guys that have been repping with the ones, you know, and again, we're kind of mixing and matching mode and on some things, but uh, you know, any of those three uh, could be in there and I'd feel comfortable. Two more questions for you here, coach. Uh, First one is, if I'm not mistaken, you spent the last uh, season out of football, not coaching. You weren't on the sideline. How good does it feel to be back on the sideline? Oh, it's so awesome. I mean, and and, and like I may have mentioned to you or, or whoever, I mean, I, I was able to turn last year into a positive, even though it wasn't. You know, the COVID year, you know, I couldn't get back into a situation when things froze and get on a staff of different things. And and for, for a minute, I you know, I learned a real valuable life lesson. I by pouting a little bit different things. And once I figured out, you know what, it is what it is. I'm going to make sure I reconnect with my wife and kids, make sure I get a little workout in every day and study football and become a better coach. And I told my wife this long time ago, I said, uh, uh, my, my best year's coaching are, are ahead. Start with this year. And, and I'm going to work. I've always worked hard and worked my tail off at what I do. But uh, the, the chance to come to a program like this with kids like this and get back in with, with coaches like this and a system like this, it's so fun to get out on the grass. And, and I never took football for granted before. I probably did as a player. Sometimes that would happen. And we talk about that with our kids. You know, you can't take it for granted. But I never took it for granted as a coach. But I can tell you now, it feels so awesome to be with the program and out here working for sure. And last thing for me, Coach, is there a guy that we may not have mentioned in our conversation today that's standing out? You've brought up Campbell Barrington a lot, so I think there's going to be a lot of fans who are excited to see him out there on the field. But is there going to be another player or two in this offensive line group that you feel like is standing out? Yeah, absolutely. Seth Willis has come a long way, and I'm playing. He played tackle and guard in the spring, but he's another one that has slid inside the guard. He's a 
tough guy and he can move well and and he hasn't played a bunch but he's he's one that has also had a real positive fall camp and uh you know and i think that uh that he's uh he's he's got a real bright future and he's he's put himself in in a position to be uh uh you know to really have a, a, a put put himself in a position to have a nice year when he's called upon whatever that is uh so that's good and uh Tyson Lewis coming off an injury has been has been solid at the garden center and, and I'm glad to have him because I didn't have him at all in the spring. And then, uh, and then, uh, you know, we've got a couple newcomers uh, from the JC ranks with, that, that are, you know, they've got work to do and got to learn the system better and all that stuff, but are really good as Tyler Little and Cade Parrish who, who have, uh, you know, again, they're older kids that are coming in and, and, and they're, you know, they're, they're swimming at times on some things, but they also, they just commit themselves to getting better every day. They'll, they'll have a chance to build into the depth as we go. So, and there's some other kids too that may surface, but those are probably the ones right now that, that, uh, along with, and, you know, JT Gentry has taken a lot of, uh, you know, uh, a lot of reps, uh, you know, inside and can help us on some things. So he's done a great job as well. Well, Coach, that's great to hear. Appreciate you taking some time to join us once again. We'll look forward to catching up with you down the road as the season progresses, all right? Awesome. Well, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Have a good day. There you go, Daryl Funk, BYU offensive line coach. A big thank you for his time, about 10 or so minutes with him. And interesting, folks, two Barrington brothers in line to start with one another. I've told you in the past, if you're a longtime listener to this podcast, that Campbell Barrington was actually the highly, more, more highly thought of prospect coming out of Washington than his older brother Clark was. There are a lot of people out there who speculated that signing Clark when BYU signed him was just a gateway to get after Campbell Barrington. Clark has turned into a viable starting and potential NFL draft pick by sheer determination and his hard work. There's no doubt about that. He's going to be one of the leaders along this offensive line this year for BYU. But how cool would it be for James Empey to have Clark Barrington to his left and Campbell Barrington to his right? I do think that Campbell probably won't start right away at guard because I think Joe Tukuafu or Connor Pay are going to be the two lead candidates of that position. But the nice part is it sounds like Campbell Barrington is very much that quote-unquote swing offensive lineman. He can play any position along the offensive line. I'd venture to say that center is probably his weakest spot, but the fact that he can play both guard spots, both tackle spots, that is going to be a boon to BYU. It allows that versatility along that offensive line and makes them all that much more deep, and it's really, really cool to hear that he is showing well. Also, guys like Seth Willis apparently have taken a leap as well, so hopefully all goes well, but it sounds like the offensive line very much a strength right now for the BYU football program. Once again, a big thank you to Daryl Funk, and of course, we'll continue to have these conversations throughout the season upcoming. If there are players or coaches you guys would like to hear from, feel free to reach out and let me know. I'd be happy to see what I can do to acquiesce your request. All right, coming up next, we wrap up today's show with a look back at BYU football history. 2014, Taysom Hill, the promised year. How did things go? Well, many of you know, but we'll dig into it a little bit more in just a second. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Bet Online. Of course, football season is here, folks. The NFL, college football, all gearing up to get back onto the gridiron. And as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Now, what you need to do is get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including their half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest, as well as their $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest, which are both open now at betonline.ag. 
Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your welcome bonus by using the promo code Locked On. It's free money, folks. It's a welcome bonus. You deposit money, they give you a bonus. Added on top is free money to play with. It's a great way to get in with our friends at Bet Online. Want you to take advantage of it now. Also, be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo. Make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th NFL opener between the Buccaneers and the Cowboys. You, if you lose your wager will be refunded up to $25. There's little to no risk there, folks. Give it a shot. Bet online is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports, from football, basketball, boxing, onto golf, baseball, even horse racing. Don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the upcoming 2021 season. It's Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. One final time out on today's show to talk to you guys a little bit about your health. And in this case, more about my personal health. I want to talk to you today about our friends over at Elevate Fitness. I met Rich Hart about six months ago. He had been listening to this podcast. He's actually a daily listener, listens to it in his hot tub of all places. There's some very unique places that you, my fellow listeners, have listened to this show and you have told me about them. Rich in the hot tub, it's a legendary story. But nonetheless, you heard me talking about trying to lose weight, reached out to me and said, Jake, I want you to come in and check out our program here at Elevate Fitness. The technical name for it is Insulin IQ. What you will learn about with our friends at Insulin IQ is about insulin and how it really affects almost every facet of our health. And in particular, insulin resistance. All of us are dealing with this. And boy, howdy, I can tell you this much. What I learned about insulin resistance has changed my life. I've lost over 40 pounds of fat in the past six months. But I can tell you this, more importantly than just the weight loss, I feel night and day different than I did. Elevate Fitness, Rich Hart and his team are the best of the best. They've got coaches that work with people worldwide. You can stop by in person if you live local to them. Their gym, Elevate Fitness's gym, is at 147 West, 400 North. It's actually not just necessarily a gym. It's a full-fledged facility, but nonetheless... 147 West, 400 North in Orem, Utah. They've been around for 25 years and they do great work. I can attest to it personally because it's completely changed my life. So if you'd like to learn more about them, go to insuliniq.com slash elevate and you can get an initial consultation with Rich for free online and there is no obligation beyond that. It's really simple, folks. Insuliniq.com slash elevate. The best thing you can do is find out if it's for you. Give it a shot. I can attest it's worked for me. I hope it'll work for you as well. That's InsulinIQ.com slash Elevate. That's Elevate Fitness and Insulin IQ. Proud partners with us here on Locked On Cougars. All right, my friends, before we go here on this Tuesday edition of the show, let's take a look back in the history books and talk about 2014 for the BYU football program. It's crazy to think we are as close as we are to wrapping up the 100 seasons of BYU football countdown. I will not lie. When we launched this, I was thinking, okay, we're talking about a four or five month project here. It's crazy to think how far we've come, but we still have a little ways to go. But nonetheless, let's talk about 2014. This was a year, many of you will recall, 2014 opened with so much promise. It sounded like Taysom Hill was going to be the next great BYU quarterback. And in some cases, he might be the greatest what if quarterback in BYU football history. And 2014 as a season probably is involved as one of those greatest what-if seasons. It started fine enough as BYU went to UConn, won that game 35-10. to The following week, they went to Texas, the game I was in attendance at down there in Austin, as Taysom Hill, of course, with that famous leap over the Texas defender, leading them to a 41-7 romp over the Austin, over the Longhorns in Austin, excuse me. Huge, huge win, and it seemed like, okay, 
the Cougars are taking off from here. They came home for their home opener on September 11th, wore those really cool helmets with the flag decal surrounding that oval Y. They beat Houston 33-25, to another classic matchup between the Cougars and the Cougars. But then things really got fun because they were the number 25 ranked team coming off that win over Texas. Then they hosted Virginia, won that game 41-33 to in pretty thrilling fashion as the number 21 team in the country, and then came the disaster. October 3rd, BYU took on Utah State at LES. They were ranked number 18 in the country. There was already early buzz that Taysom Hill could be in the mix for the Heisman Trophy. He had been that good early that season. Well, midway through that game, Brian Sweet drags Taysom Hill down and he fractures his leg and is lost for the entirety of the season. Christian Stewart tried to come in and stabilize things, but threw three interceptions. BYU loses that game 35-20. to I will vividly remember there was a BYU student reporter. I don't know her name. I, I, I'm not making this up. I don't know her name. But as uh, Taysom Hill was being uh, carted off the field, his leg was in the air cast, I remember her audibly gasping and like almost like shedding a tear. And I felt bad for her because very much she was as invested as anybody in that game. And to have that go down like it did, I obviously broke her heart. And I think it broke a lot of BYU fans' heart. The following week, they went to Orlando, lost that game against UCF 31-24, and then they think spiraled a little bit on BYU. Nevada came to LES and won that game 42-35. Notice that BYU was very much in these games against both the Knights and the Wolfpack, but then a four-game losing streak ensued as they went to Boise State and were blown out 55-30. Suddenly, BYU's promising season, 4-0, sits at 500-4-4. To their credit, the schedule lightened up and BYU got back on track as Christian Stewart, I think, started to settle in a little bit. They went to Middle Tennessee State, won that game 27-7 in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. They beat UNLV 42-23 the following week, then beat Savannah State 64-0. That might be the most uncompetitive FCS game I have ever seen BYU play in. Savannah State is now a Division II program and probably... For good reason. But then the biggest win of the season in terms of what uh, BYU could have hoped to accomplish came November 29th, in my opinion, as they went to Cal. Jared Goff, now the Detroit Lions starting quarterback, formerly of the Los Angeles Rams, the top overall pick. Well, he was outdueled by a guy by the name of Christian Stewart, who is now like a financial analyst or something like that, as BYU won that game 42-35. to I actually thought, considering the circumstances BYU was facing that day, going into that game against the Golden Bears, to cap off their season with the win in that fashion out there in Berkeley and finish the season 8-4, and pretty good accomplishment, especially considering how things had spiraled shortly after Taysom got hurt. So, it's kind of funny that the season breaks up into three months, essentially. It started on August 29th, but bear with me. We'll talk about September. So BYU in the month of September goes 4-0. The month of October, a little shop of horrors, losing all four games they played in that month. They bounce back in November, winning all four. And then they get an invite to play in the Miami Beach Bowl in Marlins Park in Miami, Florida. This was a game that was marred by all kinds of issues, some suspensions before the game due to some shall we say, off-the-field infractions by certain players, but nonetheless, it was marred even more so after the game ended. BYU lost this in double overtime, 55-48. to Many of you will recall it. Well, shortly after that, uh, Kai Nakua took exception to a hit that a, a t- Memphis player had delivered to him. These two teams, uh, Memphis's players, their fan base was sitting behind the BYU bench, so they took off towards the BYU sideline. It, just an awful situation. And, of course, things started to get heated, and all of a sudden... 
Kainakua decided to exacerbate things by taking a swing at a Memphis player. It does not accept uh, what Memphis did to kind of instigate this by rushing the BYU sideline. There was all kinds of blame to be had on all sides, I felt like, in this situation. But then that punch for Kainakua, because he had that little gash under his eye after getting sucker punched, is what he claimed. And then there was a Memphis reserve offensive lineman swinging his helmet at a BYU player. Just an awful awful scene that I hope to never see recreated in BYU history. Honestly, I'm I, I'm of the opinion that things actually came out relatively benign considering the circumstances that that could have turned into, but nonetheless, it marred the season. BYU goes 8-5 and five for the third straight year. Taysom Hill, that promising year, I think 2014 will be one of those ones, and maybe if you agree with me, let me know on social media that the, the 2014 season if Taysom Hill stays healthy, what could have been for BYU? It just it seems like it lays out that BYU potentially could have run the table at worst, maybe win 10 games, and then really have a special year. A lot of these quote-unquote what-if seasons in the early part of independence here for BYU, and we'll talk more about them. We'll talk about 2015 tomorrow as Taysom Hill tries to run it back once again for the BYU football program. And how did things go in 2015? Well, we'll dig into that and let you know on tomorrow's podcast. Until then, though, this has been today's edition of the podcast. Hope you guys have all been doing great, no matter where you might be. I know some of you listening to us as far as as far away as in Hong Kong, the Philippines, some of you over in Germany and London. It's awesome to see Cougar Nation representing and just the kind of the dichotomy of where you guys all listen in from. It makes my day when I hear from you guys. So if you want to reach out anytime, feel free to do so. Let me know where you're listening in from. And I hope you guys have a great day in the meantime. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for August 24th, 2021. And we will talk to you guys manana. 